Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Amen. Is Jesus all the world to you? Amen. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 today and we're going to look at uh, about Verses 13 through 16. I don't know if we'll get any further than that. Let me read those verses for you. This is the whole section called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is speaking to the folks. He's telling them in the first 12 verses. I don't know if we talked about that. But he tells them in the first 12 verses. that He doesn't tell you how to get saved. But he tells you the people that are saved. That know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That they're poor in spirit, that means that they realize that there's nothing good about them and that that without Jesus they can't go to heaven. And they realize also because of that they mourn over their sin. And they're meek because they realize they have nothing to be proud about, you know. And it's usually the people that have the least to be proud about that are ones that are so proud, right? And they're doing all kinds of things. And then he says... Because they're meek, they'll hunger and thirst for righteousness because they understand that they need Jesus. And so then he says they'll be merciful because they realize that God had mercy on them. And then they'll be pure in heart because they'll want to see God because they realize that only through Christ can we be pure in heart. And then he says we'll be peacemakers. We'll want others to know about Jesus like we know about him and we'll try to Help others come to know Jesus. And then lastly, he says, because of that, we'll be persecuted. You know, people, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, people either love you or they hate you. There's usually nothing in between. Sometimes they like you, but usually they they, they don't want nothing, a whole lot to do with you because uh, sometimes we make other people feel guilty because they don't know Jesus. And they, they're not living the way we live, and so they, they sometimes are aggravated. Of course, sometimes they get attracted because they say there's something different about that person, and I want what they have. And they realize that that's what they really need. And so Jesus said that blessed are you when you're mistreated because of his sake, because even the prophets were treated that way. And he says he was going to be treated that way. And so he said, blessed are you. And then he goes on and tells us in verse 13 through 16, we're in Matthew 5. And he says that, says that you are the salt of the earth. And he says, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And we'll read that and see how far we get. If we make it through that, maybe we'll look at a couple of more verses. Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth. Those that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that if trust in him are the salt of the earth. Now, you know, salt, I don't know all the purposes that salt has, but, you know, salt is a mixture of two chemicals, 
And the two chemicals, when they're separated, they'll kill you. But when you put them together, it's a life-giving substance that we cannot live without. We cannot live without salt, can we? We have to have salt. The salt, what are the five things that salt does? Number one, it gives flavor. It gives flavor. And, you know, we, that means that we have to live differently. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says that we're not to be conformed to this world, but we be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And how do we renew our minds? By, by reading the Word of God, right? By prayer and by seeking God. And so salt, it, it gives flavor. And so we are to be different from the world. And because it's uh, salt, it also preserves. You know, it's a preservative. You know, we talked about those hams that put them in and all kinds of foods. They didn't have refrigerators a long time ago, did they? The only way they could keep food a lot of times was to salt it down. And you get those salted hams. And I don't know how in the world salt preserves meat. But it does, and it, it, it does take care of it. But you know, as Christians, we're to be, we're to stop the decay of society, the corruption of society. That's what happens to meat that sits out in the hot sun. It rots, doesn't it? Yeah. It gets corrupt. You can't eat it. You can't have anything to do with it. And the Bible tells us over there, and um, I'm trying to remember First Thessalonians, that because of Christians being in the world, that the world's a little bit different. You know, that without Christians in the world, this world would be a whole lot worse off than it is. It's in pretty bad shape right now, isn't it? And it seems to be getting worse every day. But you know, if we are truly saved, then we will live differently. And because of our prayers, because of the way we live, we have an influence on the rest of the world and it kind of holds down because of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, plus because of the way we live, it kind of holds people back somewhat from doing some of the things that they would normally do. And so we have a preserving effect on society. You know, a lot of times people, it's funny, tell somebody one day I was watching some TV show and the guy, he was at the hospital and the, and the lady says, what are you? And he said, a mortician. And the lady just didn't want to talk to him anymore. And I said, you know, that's as bad as being a preacher. I said, because there's two things. I said, I didn't think about that, but I guess somebody don't really want to talk to a mortician too much anymore. But, but you know, as uh, soon as somebody finds out you're a preacher, usually they, if they've been cussing and ranting and raving and doing or whatever, all of a sudden they uh, quieten down and they don't say anything else. And... You know, a lot of times when people find out we're Christians, a lot of times they act differently around us, don't yeah. they? They uh, Now, I've had a couple of guys. I have one or two guys now get around me because I was a Christian. They just said every word in the book and tried to push all my buttons, you know, and just was trying to see what I would say to them, you know, trying to see if they could set me off. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, people have calmed down a little bit. Yeah. But if you ever want to stop a conversation, you just, you just tell them you're a preacher or a pastor. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they just don't have a whole lot else to say to you. They're like, oh, that's nice. Well, I got to go. I'll see you later. You know? Salt preserves, and we preserve the society because 
people don't do things quite as badly because, you know, there's good folks around that know Jesus Christ. But you know what? Salt also stings, doesn't it? You get it in the cut, and it stings. If you go down to the beach or whatever, and you walk down there, and you got a cut on your hand or your feet or something, and you were to walk in that salt water, it's going to sting a little bit, isn't it? And that's the way we're to be. We're also, because we're salt, we're to tell folks the truth. We tell them the truth because sometimes the truth hurts, but it tells you over there in Proverbs, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And, you know, but, you know, an enemy won't tell you the truth. They just let you go on and get in trouble and do what you want. You know, a lot of people think, God, he's some cosmic killjoy because he... He gave us the Ten Commandments and told us we could do this and told us we couldn't do that. Now, the Ten Commandments, the whole bottom line with the Ten Commandments was to tell us that we couldn't keep the law on our own and we couldn't be perfect and we needed a Savior. That was the bottom line. But God did give us a set of standards to tell us that when we don't obey those standards, guess what? We, we get in trouble, we cause pain, and we cause hurt, don't we? Like I tell y'all, you wouldn't let your kid or your grandkid or whatever it is go play out in the middle of highway out here in the middle of traffic, you know, at rush hour, would you? Because you know they'll go get hurt. Yes, sir. And that's why God gave us rules and regulations. Number one, so that we'd know we weren't perfect. And number two, so that we wouldn't hurt ourselves and hurt others. But you know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4.12 that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it divides into the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. You know, and sometimes the word hurts because the truth sometimes hurts. It's like I told somebody, if you don't know you're doing wrong, then how can you know to do right? If you don't know something's wrong, how can you know to do right? You know, I heard a story about a little boy that he didn't have any pain receptors. In other words, he couldn't feel pain. And because he couldn't feel pain, he'd have little old tiny cuts on his foot or his arm or he'd break a bone in his leg and they wouldn't heal because the body didn't know that it was hurt. And because it didn't know it was hurt, it didn't know where to send the stuff, the right chemicals, the right things in the body, to all those chemicals, uh, lymphocytes, and all those things that go and heal and heal a bone and heal cuts. And he had little old cuts on his hand that should have healed up in three or four days or a week at the most. And he had them three or four months later still. And they didn't look any better because he didn't have anything in his body that told him that there was a problem. And so sometimes the truth hurts, but sometimes we have to tell people the truth, yeah, don't we? You know, we are our brother's keeper. And we are to tell people sometimes things are wrong, not to hurt them, but so they'll know to do right. You know, some people tell you if you tell them they're going to hell because they don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and He's the only way, that that's mean, that that's cruel, that that's wrong. This Bible's been around a lot longer than any of us. Everybody's tried to disprove it. And all the people that have tried to examine it and disprove it, they've, they've either become a Christian or they've found out that they couldn't disprove it. Because every time they find something, they say, well, so-and-so didn't exist, or that's bad science. We find out that it's true. 2,000 
two, three thousand years ago, the Bible was written, and it said that there's currents in the ocean. It says there's currents of wind, that the sun travels on an orbit, and all kinds of things. And it has good science things in there. I recently heard where they said that they found out that there was a day missing in time. Well, you know, there's two times in the Bible, Joshua said the sun stood still about a day, and there was another time it stood still for a little while. And they somehow or another, they've decided, scientists have, that there's a day missing somehow in time. That matches up with the Bible. Truth hurts sometimes, but we need to tell people the truth that without Jesus, you're headed for hell. You know, most people think, well, I'm a good person. I've never done anything wrong, or I've been baptized, or I've joined a church, or whatever it is, you know. I read my Bible. I'm not a bad person. But the Bible says, unless you trust Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive you and ask him to save you because he died in your place, and he died for your sins, and he died for everything that we'd ever do wrong, unless you ask God to forgive you on the basis of Jesus, then you can't be saved. You can't go to heaven. But most people think they're a good person. I did for about 30 years. You know, I went to church when I was a kid, went to vacation Bible school, and, and then when I met the woman I'm married to now, thank God the Lord sent her in my life. And, you know, the bottom line is, is, is I started going to church with her, and I thought, well, you know, I was a good person. One day I was going to get married, I was going to quit doing all those bad things I did, and I was just going to die one day and go to heaven. And I started going to church, and I found out that didn't how it worked. The Bible says in Acts 4.12 that there is no other name under heaven and earth by which men must be saved. That men means men and women, mankind must be saved, and that's Jesus Christ. So you got to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It says if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. The truth sometimes hurts, but you know what? That salt also heals, doesn't it? If you get out there in that salt water out there and it stings and it hurts a little bit, but you know what? it helps heal those cuts a lot faster. Yeah. It, it hurts a little bit at first, but it takes the sting out of the cut and it helps it heal. Yes. And like I said, that little old boy, he didn't even know he was hurt mm-hmm. and he didn't have any pain receptors, so he didn't know he needed to be healed yeah. and his body wasn't healing. And so when we know there's something wrong and the Word of God points it out, then we can be healed in that area through Jesus Christ, you know. And that's what we need to do is we need to be healed. You know, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The Bible says that we all sin and come short of the glory of God. But with Jesus, we won't be perfect in this earth, not till we get to heaven, but at least we won't be doing all the things, as many things as we used to bad because God gives us the power to overcome sin and suffering and temptation and like I said, what a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus. All our sins and pains to bear. What a privilege to take everything to him in prayer. And we don't we we bear so many things because we ta- don't take it all to Jesus, right? And then also salt causes thirst. You know it causes thirst. When people drink salty stuff or ha- eat something salty, they got to have a drink, don't they? I understand that the football places and the sports places, 
they put a lot of extra salt in their food, in the popcorn and stuff, because they want people to be drinking them sodas. And that ain't all they want them to be drinking, that beer too, but, you know, they want them to drink something. And, you know, that's the bottom line. If we live the kind of life that God wants us to, and then it creates a thirst. They say, you know, there's something different about Marty. There's something different about Laurie. There's something different about you. And, you know, I want what they got. I, I want to live that kind of life. I want to know this Jesus. You know, I, years ago, I, I, I worked at a company, and, and I had worked there before I became a Christian in this one little old area. I kind of got treated badly during the time I was coming to the Lord. The, the Lord was kind of working on me, and during that time, the people kind of persecuted me a little bit and treated me bad, and I guess the devil's trying to say, look, don't come to Jesus, it ain't worth it. I ended up leaving that area. I, I, di I didn't respond right to a lot of things they did to me either. But down the road, I got this other job, and I had to rotate through a few areas at work, and one of those areas I had to go to was back to that place where they had treated me so badly. And I was supposed to be going to about seven different places over a two-year period of time. And I said, Lord, please let that be the last place I go to. You know, and I was just dreading going back over there because I didn't want to go back over there with them people because I remember how they treated me. Lord, in his wisdom, he sent me over there first. Because I would have been dreading it for two years. <laughs> Number one, I'd have been dreading it for two years. Want to know, okay, and when we're going next time or what. But he sent me over there, and I was so prayed up when I went over there that everybody I got to talk to, I just wanted to be a good witness to the Lord while I was over there. And I told a lot of people about the Lord, and, and some of those people that mistreated me, they tried to mistreat me some more, and... One of the boys, he says, is it true you really know Jesus as your Lord and Savior that you've asked him to come into your life? And I said, yeah, it is true. And he says, you know, I see these people. They try to make you mad. They come up to you and you're telling them about something and trying to get something done as far as work. And they come up and all of a sudden they start going, telling you all kinds of junk. Yes. And they're trying to make you mad. And then you've let them finish. And as soon as they finish... You go back to saying what you were talking about. And you just basically ignore what they're saying. And then they try again, they try again, and, and, and you're over there and you're not letting them get you mad. And he says, I, I see smoke coming out their ears because they're just, they're hot, boy. They're furious because they cannot get to you. And I said, well, that's because I know Christ. And I said, you know, I prayed up and, he, and, and I followed that boy down to the lunchroom. And then we ended up going to down in a little back room, and I led that boy to Christ that day, all because the Lord had a good witness through me because I was prayed up. Another time, when I went to lead that building, another boy, he said, well, you know, I heard about this Marty that was coming over here, and I, man, I heard he, you didn't want to even know this guy. I, I, man, you just didn't want to know this guy. You didn't want to be around him. You didn't want nothing to do with him. He says, you know, I got to know this Marty, and uh, I kind of like this Marty. He says, you know, and I'm kind of sorry to get for this Marty to leave because I, I hadn't seen the Marty they told me was coming over to this building. I don't know who that Marty was they were talking about, but I ain't seen him. I like this Marty. I, I hate to see him leave. And I said, well, I appreciate that. 
And that wasn't a testimony to me, but it was a testimony to how God worked in my life. And he just helped me to show others about Jesus. And it created a thirst in that one boy, and he wanted to know about Jesus, didn't he? And he went, we went in the back, and I led him to the Lord. And he trusted Christ that day. And then secondly, we're to be, we're, if we're to salt because, you know, but if we don't have that influence, we don't let others know we're Jesus, we belong to Jesus, then other people don't want what we have, you know. A lot of times people say they're Christians, and most of them aren't, and they just don't live a godly life. So people say, if that's Christianity, I don't want nothing to do with it. And then a lot of people... Maybe they are Christians, but they just don't live like they ought to. Yeah. And because of that, other people say, I don't want nothing to do with that. If we lose our flavor, if we lose our influence, then we're no good to God. Because you know what? God was in this world, and when he was in this world, he was leading others. And the whole bottom line is, is now that he's gone, we're his eyes, his hand, his feet, his toes, his fingers. We're the people of Christ that are to tell others, to show others how to live like Jesus. Amen. And he says that this salt, it was taken out of the marshes and it would lose its flavor and it was good for nothing but to throw on the roads and keep the roads from washing away. Is that all we're good for? Is keep, you know, just to hold a place down? Or are we telling others yeah. through our lives? And through the way we live and the things we say and do, are we telling others about Jesus? And then he says we're to be the light of the world. He said a city that is set on the light on the hill cannot be hidden. Are we let? And then he says, nor do they light a lamp, put it under a basket, on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. And he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify who? Not Marty, but your what? Father who's in heaven. And so, you know, if you got a light, you don't put it under a basket. Number one, it might catch on fire. But number two, you want it to shine, right? And if we're Christians, we should let, be letting people see who we really are and let others know who we really believe in. Because if we hide who we are, then we're just no good to God. I heard the other day that it took thousand laymen and I think it was a hundred pastors to lead one person to Christ. That's pretty bad. It took 1,100 people just to lead one person to Christ. Our job, when we tell others about Jesus, all we got to do is live the life. Live like we're supposed to. And when we live like we're supposed to, people will say, well, what's different about you? Why do you live like you do? Why do you not get so frustrated over things? Why do you have peace in this midst of this turmoil? Why do you have joy in spite of your pain or circumstances of life? And then you can say, well, I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. You don't have to be able to quote the whole Bible. Just say, you know, before Jesus, I was a nervous wreck, or I was this, or I was a bad person, or I used to do this, I used to do that. But now I trusted Jesus, and because of that, I'm a different person. I can have joy in the midst of my circumstances. Because Jesus didn't come to make us miserable, did he? He said he came that we might have life and life abundantly. He came that we might have joy, and he came that we have peace. So we need to do good things for others around here. We need to do good things 
and pray for these staff. There was a lady one day when I came over here about a year and a half ago, and she said, I thought she wanted to trust Christ, and she, she said, you know, I, I just got to this nursing home, and I didn't realize how many people in this place need to know Jesus. I don't know how many people's in this place, but we got a very small group of people out of the whole bunch of people that's in here. 85, and we got maybe, we had 20 total at one time in here today. We had maybe 20%, 25% of the whole total of group of people in here. But you know what? There's some of these folks on staff that need to see Jesus. There's some of these doctors, some of these nurses, yes. some of these roommates that need to know about Jesus. And the only way they're going to know about Jesus is if we show them by the way we live, by the yeah. way we talk. By the way, we walk. And that's the only way they'll know about this Jesus we have. Like I said, people don't know, they don't care about what you know until they know how much you care. When you show people who you really are and you, you know, you don't just talk and run your mouth and say, well, I'm this and this and this. You know, a lot of people that call themselves Christians, they walk around and they talk about how godly they are, how they go to church and this and that and the other. But then they go out and they live like the devil the rest of the week. I don't think that's a truly saved person. Because the Bible says if you're truly saved, you're a new creation. All things are new. But a person that's truly saved, he's not only going to talk the talk, but they're going to walk the walk. And you know, a lot of times we just need to walk and then we'll get the chance to talk about it. If you live it, and then you can tell about it. So today, let's just determine in our lives to be that salt and that light in people's lives and let them know who we truly are in Jesus Christ. And when they do, then we'll see some things happen around us. You know, God doesn't want our ability. He just wants our availability. If you're willing and available to tell others about Jesus or to show others or to live your life in such a way, then he'll use you. Everybody here is still alive, right? That means either you're saved and got it and through with you yet, or you haven't been saved yet, God's still giving you an opportunity. Giving you opportunity. So let's bow our heads for just a moment. And today, if you've never trusted Jesus, you believe that Jesus died on that cross, he died in your place, and he took your hell because when he died, he said it's finished. That means our debt has been paid in full. And he died and he was buried, and on the third day he rose again because God said that he was satisfied with his sacrifice, his payment for our sins. And Jesus died for every one of our sins. Not just some of them, but he died for all of them. And if you believe that, and you believe Jesus will get you into heaven because what he did on that cross, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, then today you just cry out humbly as a little child. Just say, God, forgive me. Just say, God, save me because of what Jesus did on that cross. And the Bible says it's by faith you're saved. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast, but it is the gift of God. And so today, if you take God at his word and just say, God, forgive me, God, save me, and you believe that God has forgiven you because you cried out to him and asked him to forgive you because you needed to be forgiven, then today he has heard you. But if you didn't believe... You didn't get saved because the Bible says it's by faith. God said it, and you got to believe it. And so today, you cry out and say, God, 
save me. God, forgive me because of Jesus. And if you take God at his word and just say, by faith, I believe you, God, and you really mean it, then he will forgive you. He has forgiven you. He has saved you. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for this group of folks today. And I just pray that even one today said that prayer and they, they truly got to know you as Lord and Savior. And if they did today, Lord, I just pray they would let me or Laurie or somebody know that they trusted you and that from now on that they're a new creation in Christ and they're headed for heaven and they're no longer headed for hell. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to be with y'all today. God bless y'all. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.